question. You ain't got the answer, Sway. 2 Corinthians 3.17, that's the whole ball game. Church mirrors our hands. We're 15 cents. All right. Baseball Heretics episode 9. How are you doing, Moses? I'm not. Come on, man. I said you got to bring the energy for the intro, man. We got to no, be like. Good. No, man. We got to be like. Um, are we, are we, let me restart again. Nah, nah. We're recording, man. The, the listeners got to hear this. <laughs> this, is the, this is the pep talk, okay? Listeners got to know that we are here inspiring each other to do better. No, we got to be like, um, like those morning radio shows, like with the uh, Rush Limbaugh. With, uh, no, not Rush Limbaugh. I was, I was thinking <laughs> we got to be the Wolf Blitzer of podcast intros. <laughs> it's got to be like it's got to be just just lights and movement and sound effects and power. Get people excited, man. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. I I I just don't want to be compared to Wolf Blitzer personally. No, man. I don't know. <laughs> No, no, it's got to be like, here, let me see, let me see how, how, how a proper podcast intro, it's got to be like, you're in the basement full of heretics, episode nine, it's your boy, Moses DeKezzi, also known yeah, as Tom DeKezzi, also known as Mo Kezzi, also known as Young Denzel, here with my co-host, co-conspirator, brother, conservator, Emil, the necessary evil, DeKezzi, bringing more tunes for your head top. So you better be smashing the subscribe, smashing the like button, because we're moving mad in the basement. <laughs> Man, I, honestly, I I, 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 vote, I, vote, I vote we start all our episodes like that. You're the, you're the, you start bad. Honestly, like maybe we will. Honestly, that was just an elaborate ruse to bring up the fact that, uh, that, the, that the IG poll result had you as a... Uh, as chaotic good. <laughs> I, I, I honestly I honestly think like you just gave him two bad options. You just gave him huh? two bad options. No man, I love the options I gave him. Necessary evil and chaotic good. I feel as though they're essentially saying the same thing. Um That's what I thought. I'm like like they're literally saying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh but for anyone who doesn't know who doesn't know uh what we're talking about, uh just this last week after episode episode eight? Yeah, episode eight dropped. We had a little conversation there at the beginning where Emil was saying he was the most beloved, <laughs> the most beloved member of the podcast. Um, yeah. you, you still haven't told me who those people are who come to the show I, specifically. For don't worry, man. I'm I'll, to think I'll tell you. I'll, man. I'll, I'll tell you um, afterwards. Tell you afterwards. Yeah, but uh, but uh, just after the show, uh, every couple episodes, we like to put out a little poll on Instagram to get how people feel um, about the episode. And one of the questions was, uh, "How do we feel about a meal once and for all? Either necessary evil or chaotic good." Uh, what do you mm. think the people? What do you think the people said about Emil? Are you a necessary evil? <laughs> I think <laughs> the, it was, those two very fair characterizations of your contribution to the. It was like cat are good, cat are good. Yeah, I think it was fifty-five percent, just barely. Um, nice. Yeah, man. Uh, speaking of the IG poll, uh, last week was was the first week that we um, we debuted the headline section. Um, you know, just kind of going through the headlines and, and then and we took it to the people, asked them, asked them what they thought. And 67 percent, two thirds said that they would rather go to Facebook for their fake news rather than basement full of heretics. Um, a little hurtful. Uh, me and me had a conversation about it. We feel as though and y'all, y'all can hit us up in the DMs and, and let us know. But we feel as though people are just picking the most clever response. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So like we know what you pretty much what we're saying is we know what you want best 
And so even though two-thirds said <laughs> they don't want headlines, we're keeping headlines. We're doubling down. We're doubling down. Because we, get, because, because we enjoy headlines. So the thing yeah, is, honestly. If, if you don't like it, make your own podcast. But, yeah, but, this but, is, clearly, <laughs> but clearly, you're listening to our podcast, yeah. so you're going to play by our rules. This is this is a free podcast without ads. Like we, we, have no, we have no accountability or obligation to listeners. Obviously, you know, we like if people still kept listening. It motivates us, keeps us coming. But uh, but your opinion is uh, is only supplementary. Um. <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 just do it. We just do it to see who's watching. We just put out those polls to see who's watching. Yeah. Not that I should take you seriously. <laughs> don't, don't don't tell them too much, man. Uh, we, we don't want them catching on. Um, but uh, uh, what was I going to say? Also, headlines it just helps us fill fill the hour. Like yeah. we're not we're not pastors. We don't have PhDs. Like we don't want to sit here and preach to you guys for for an hour, 25 mm-hmm. minutes about a topic. Yeah. Headlines just lets us, lets us talk, have fun. And then for 30 minutes at the end, we can get on our, on our soapbox. And, and also, and, and also I think, I think episode two showed what happens when we have a ton of free time to ruminate on a topic. We say some pretty wild stuff. Yeah, so yeah, you don't want that. You don't, you really don't want us to <laughs> uh, looking at today's headlines. Um, I suspect a few problematic things may be said, but, um, but uh, we're going to try not to hit those heights of episode two. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to episode two, go back. I think it's it's slowly becoming our most uh, legendary episode, our most famed episode. Um, it definitely, definitely, definitely got the reactions. Definitely got the reactions. Yeah. Uh, what's that thing from? Uh, what does it say? Oh, um, you know the song "Niggas in Paris." I, I know we're trying to keep a we're trying to keep a clean pocket. Ninjas in Paris, brothers in Paris. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you know the part is like uh, I got my. I got my niggas in Paris and they're going gorillas. Like, what does that mean? I don't know what it means, but it's provocative. It gets the people going. I, 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 I can tell you this, man. I can tell you this. That that song, outside outside the fact that it's called Niggas in Paris, I literally feel like if you're a white guy and you said that line, you would get right. he would get killed twice. Like, yeah. It's like why are you listen to that song? Yeah. <laughs> why, why do you know the words of that song? And how many other words do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Of course, not killed by us. We are um, no, no, no. We're, we're good guys. fearful, law-abiding citizens. Um, you know, just trying to. But just saying, some someone, someone might show up at your work and break your knees. <laughs> all, 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 all we want to do is put out a public service announcement, man. If you want to sing that song, sing it, at, sing it at your own peril, man. Real talk, man. Not everybody's as nice as us. Um, but anyway, those are those are a few of the poll results. Um, we had a few questions brought in from the poll. Um, which I thought were were pretty interesting. Um, they were they were pretty short. I think we can ask them pretty quickly, so we're not going to center the episode around them. But one, actually, two. The two questions we're going to talk about they're actually from from a friend of mine. I'm not going to name him, but um, he knows who he is. Pun Master Five Thousand. Uh, anyone who knows this guy. Um, but first was actually for Emil. Um, Emil, have you ever asked someone if you could take them to dinner for a meal? Badoom. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> might be counterproductive. Yeah, that's no. pretty. Yeah, I feel so. That's yeah, one that, of those that, jokes. That, 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 that's actually that's actually so lame. The thing is, like, if, if I say that, song, <laughs> that's actually so lame. Uh, I feel so they wouldn't even get it. Because it, yeah, it has be like, to be one huh? of those. It has to be something that someone else is saying. Because like, if you just go up to, hey, you want to go out for a meal, and then start laughing, 
Like, yeah. What's going on? It's like, cause and my like, name and, is and, and, and like, you can't even laugh normally. You have to be like, ha, <laughs> 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 You have to do like that weird laugh. So I'm like, that, it, has nah, be, that's it, it has to be a uh, pain laughter. <laughs> pain, man. No, no, no. That, that's strange. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and another thing we had was, uh, in, kind of in the call out for, um, for episode topics, someone asked us like, does the Bible say anything about people who choose not to have kids? Um, I don't know if we can, I didn't, I didn't think we could make a whole episode about it. Maybe we could actually down the line. That might be something I have like a, a guest on. Yeah. Or even us. We don't have yeah. kids. Yeah. <laughs> we could talk. That we know. We could talk uh, with authority on it. Um, I'm just going to ignore that, that, <laughs> that, that, that little tag you had there. But, um, but I thought this, I thought this is an interesting question. Uh, it was like, what does the Bible or us say about people who choose not to have kids? Or is that a topic even brought up in religion? I, interestingly, it is um, actually a topic brought up in religion. Um, I think just to kind of address this question, I think it's First Corinthians eleven. Um, I should have had the verse. Oh, look at look at look at that! Man. Look at that! Did you look it up, or you just know it? You just know off the top of your Oh, hey man! When it comes to not having kids, I got these messages. I got these verses on lock. Uh, That's crazy. Let me see what it is. First Corinthians seven. I was in the neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> One Corinthians. <laughs> One Corinthians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole ball game <laughs> no but yeah uh, if you if you read up first corinthians chapter 7 uh just for the person who was curious about that um mm-hmm. it should clear it up for you paul he actually advises people not to even get married in the in the first place uh yeah. kind of a hot take from paul maybe not the kind of thing people want to hear um but definitely it is an assurance that yo marriage isn't re- really for everybody having kids isn't for everyone uh, so just thought i'd help you out there um but um, I, I know I, I kind of hijacked your question from the beginning of uh, how I've been doing. Yeah. Yeah, dude, how it's COVID, been, man. I'm, pre- I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure your life's been exactly the same as what. Yeah, exactly. Too, so. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's a pretty fair assessment. Like, 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 like you're probably like I think you're actually wearing the same outfit you wore last time we recorded. Hey, man, I, <laughs> no need to make me sound dirty, okay? <laughs> like, sure, I'm isolated. Uh, maybe teetering on depression, but don't need to make me sound dirty. <laughs> <laughs> That's disrespectful. And I know I'm not teetering on depression for anyone worried about uh, worried about me because I know I know everyone is. Um, what is it? Uh, how are you doing? I know your life has a little more style, has a little more sauce. <laughs> is there uh, anything changed for you? Uh, no, not really, man. Uh, just literally just. One day, one day, one foot in front of the other, man. I was actually, I was joking, I was joking with Moses yesterday that yesterday was probably one of the most unproductive days of my week, and I spent all day watching productivity videos. So I'm like, yeah, this is funny. this is not very productive. I do think there is there is something you said actually a week ago which I thought was pretty profound. Um, we have um, we have like a like a men's group that that we're part of us and some other dudes, and so we meet every couple of weeks just to like you know catch up on everyone and see how everyone's doing, and Emil. You know, props to you. I, th- I thought I thought this this really resonated. But you talked about how there's no more like tension in our lives now. You know, um, how there's no there's no like immediacy. And for me, like I, I like I was able to see that so clearly just after you said that, just in my own life. Like I was thinking about the fact that now in my day to day routine, things that used to take me an hour to do, like pre pandemic, now take like three hours. Like the process yeah. of me waking up and like working out and eating breakfast is a three hour process now. We're like back in the day, that was like an hour and a half. Um, there's actually, there's actually, there's actually a term for that. It's called, I think uh good hearts principle. 
and so basically it's the, it's the idea that work work expands to the time that it's allotted so like for example if 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 a, if a professor gives yeah, if, if a professor gives you two weeks to do the assignment it's going to take you two weeks if a professor yep. gives you two days <laughs> that same assignment would take two days <laughs> two weeks plus an hour <laughs> <laughs> yeah just so i can get extension. it in late just so i yes can get it yeah yeah yes for extension man this is too hard like 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 i i experience this in my own life like anyone who knows me knows that especially in the mornings i am a chronically slow person yeah. Like, like I, like I wake up at four in the morning to be late for work at eight. Like the, yeah. the thing is like, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's that. crazy. It's crazy because like, even, even when I wake up like two hours earlier, it's actually like, it's, it's somehow it feels like, it feels like the things that would take two hours and I just expand to eight hours. Yeah. And with the pandemic, it's so like pronounced because it's not even now there's no deadline. Like I remember sometimes yeah. I've been sitting there doing things. I'm like, I could just not do this today, tomorrow, the day after. There would be no effect. <laughs> there would be no consequence. I can really do this whenever I want. Uh-huh. Um, it's, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where it's like once we get back to normal life, whatever that is, we're going to really see the effects of it. Once once people actually like, oh, you have to be at school at a certain time or you have to be at work at a certain time, uh, people are going to struggle. I, I Here's the thing, man. If I, if I own a business, I would use this time to just take notes. And then when the family go back into the office, just fire people at the door. <laughs> fire, fire, yeah, fire, fire. There, there's that <laughs> compassionate, compassionate entrepreneurialism we're looking for. Yeah, just, just be like, Literally. you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. Fresh from a recession, a meal starts by just firing everyone. When they get to work, can't even send them an email. No, 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 no. As, oh. as they get in the door, as they get in the door, like, 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 I'm just picturing this guy, person walks in, you do nothing. The next person walks in, you give him like one of those office boxes, take your stuff and get out. that's that's anxiety Um, actually I I was actually reading an article about that like um, those surprise firings are actually like traumatic like they actually traumatize people in like a tangible way Um, I imagine man because the thing is like the thing is like like anyone anyone who's lost a salary knows what that's like thing is like you you literally expect life to go normal Mm -hmm. the thing is Especially when you consider how like most people actually live in paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> the thing is, if you get fired, most, people, like, most companies, man. Remember when the pandemic yeah. started? Literally, airlines. Governments are living paycheck to paycheck. Airlines shut, airline shut down for three days. We need we need a stimulus. Save us. <laughs> exactly. I, I remember. I remember. Kevin on stage. Kevin on stage is like. Yeah, that's right. Kevin on stage is like. I. He's like, I knew I was living paycheck to paycheck. I didn't know everyone was living paycheck. To paycheck. <laughs> I didn't know American Airlines was living paycheck to paycheck. The government's living paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see people <laughs> try to recover from this. Um, but anyway, we uh, we have a pretty packed show today, um, so I actually think um, we can just kind of move on from this and we can get to our headlines. Um, so there's gonna be a quick jump cut there. Did you hear? Do you hear a little tune from from last week's episode? The yeah, Simpsons I heard it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I tell you, it's actually crazy. Anyone like it's 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 crazy. Every time I talk to people, it seems like a lot a lot of people just didn't grow up watching The Simpsons. I don't know, like it was a yeah, thing of their parents didn't let them. Just a lot of people didn't. But it's actually crazy how like we watch so much of The Simpsons. Like we, I like our brains are just filled with Simpsons references. Dude, just like, like I, yeah, so much, so much, so many facts and like things I know just about history are actually <laughs> yeah, just, just from The Simpsons. Yeah. I remember, I remember. I don't want to derail this too much. I remember one time I was in grade nine. And I think I had like a bit of a reputation for just like knowing a lot about a lot of stuff. No, like knowing a little bit about a lot of different things. 
And so these girls, they came up to me and asked me like, yo, Moses, do you know who the Dalai Lama is? And I was like, yeah, he's a Tibetan religious leader. And this is like grade nine. Remember that? And they were like, they were stunned. They're like, how on earth do you know these things? And I had to stop and think about it. Like, how do I know the Dalai Lama is? I was like, it's a Simpsons episode. Dude. <laughs> when dude, they go climb Mount Everest. There was a Simpsons episode where Homer was talking about Ayatollah Khomeini. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I was, I was like, I was like, this was like in the 19th, like, this was like one of the 90s episodes. I'm like, the thing is like, you could have like a not like an 11 year old know about Ayatollah Khomeini. The thing is like, yeah, the Simpsons has so many, has so many weird things that you just know from just watching it. I could have a full blown argument with someone like for hours about Reaganomics and they won't know that 90% of my information is coming from Simpsons episodes. <laughs> I should be honest, man, to be honest, to be honest, it's so funny how like, I'm pretty sure no one actually knows anything about Reaganomics. <laughs> they, yeah. they, everyone just saw a couple of things on like the Boondocks. Everybody hates Chris and the Simpsons, yeah. and now and now they think they're experts on, on, on Reaganomics. Yeah, everyone's just basing it off of their opinion on how they feel about the, the statement that it all trickles down. Um, but anyway, yeah, that little that little tune at the beginning of uh, of uh, oh, actually no, that was the beginning of Heretics Corner. I'm so stupid. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. That was good. That was like yeah. Reverend Lovejoy and stuff, right? Yeah, that'll be there. But that's a little reference to our past um, and our most beloved TV show. But before we get there, we're going to hop into the headlines. Um, we have three ready for this week. I think we're going to try to do three every week. Uh, we might not get to the third one because uh, the first one is pretty explosive. Um, uh, so we're going to see, uh, might, might, we might spend a little bit extra time on this one. Um, but this one is coming out of uh, Relevant Magazine. Um, this is the article itself. Uh, the The title of the article is here's a pastor just preaching a sermon about how women these days aren't hot enough uh yeah that you heard that correctly um this is about to get very problematic uh so the story is about uh pastor Stuart allen clark who's from the first general baptist church in uh malden missouri uh so this is Mm -hmm. about a sermon that he preached uh, a couple of weeks ago but it was captured uh, by some youtube channel called the friendly atheist um, and it blew up a little bit. So me and Emil, we saw this yesterday. But we're going to play it again. Um, <laughs> with the I, I, to be honest, to be honest, when I first saw this, some of my initial thoughts were like, this guy's act, I was like, is that a comedian? Like, like, like I thought yeah. he must be, he must be, he must be some sort of bad comedian. But then, <laughs> but he's, I bet he's actually like the pastor. You think, you the think you're I'm a like, clown? Um, <laughs> but yeah. So just a little warning to people. I don't know if you should give a trigger warning. Um, no. Nothing's like violent or anything like that, but he does say some pretty um, inflammatory things. <laughs> inflammatory things. Uh, it's a clean podcast, but uh, just so you're aware of that. So we're going to play it. We might be talking a little bit over it. Um, but this is, uh, like I said, Pastor Stuart Allen Clark um, coming out of Missouri. Um, wing! Well, actually, we'll talk about <laughs> We'll talk about that after. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. What? Before, before you play, this is what, there's something I wondered. I don't know, like... Um, if anyone watches the video, the initial thing is like a hockey is a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I wondered what does that mean. I think I think they just took a clip out of his sermon because you can see in his sermon he's using slides. So I think that was just oh. like the last slide. He must have been using some. He this man loves analogies. Um, <laughs> as we're about to yeah, because I, I felt like like what 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 does a Stanley Cup mean? Honestly, okay, yeah, whatever. no, no, it's probably just the last analogy. But I'll, I'll start it. I might stop periodically. And, and ladies here, here's the thing you need to know about men. Don't give him a reason to be like this distracted boyfriend. Mm. Yeah. You hear me? <laughs> Don't. 
actually yeah just for anyone <laughs> obviously you guys can't see it if you're listening to audio uh, but he's showing um the meme of like the distracted boyfriend looking back at the, the girl in the red dress and like the his girlfriend's freaking out um yeah we all know what's talking here's the thing here's the thing weird soccer reference doesn't that guy look like david day he does he does <laughs> yeah we'll, okay. we'll keep it at that all right <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta keep the weird soccer references to a minimum on the pot um, but okay, I'll, I'll go back and we'll, we'll, we'll let him go. Through. This distracted boyfriend. You hear me? Don't give him a reason to be looking around. Hello. Hello. So. Okay. Which 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 which? If anyone's everyone so seeing this doc, this man, this man is big. Like yeah, 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 he's big. Why is it? Why do they do that? Now look, I'm not saying every woman can be the epic, the epic trophy wife of all time. <laughs> Like Melania Trump, I'm not saying that at all. It, 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 now, it's, it's so funny when he, wise, when he said that. When he said that, he like he like stood on his toes. Melania Trump participation trophy. I don't know, but all I can say is not everybody looks like that. Amen. Amen. Not everybody looks like that. But but you don't need to look like a butch either. But you say how can Why is he I holding do the that? Bible? Oh, he's, so not, he's, he's not reading from question? it. Yeah, that's the plan. Man. I'm so glad you asked that question because you're in my office, you and your husband, and we're talking about your marriage, and uh, you've asked me this question about what can I do about that? All right, if you were sitting in my office, here's the first thing I'd say to you, and boy, I hate to say that this is why I don't do marital counseling anymore, and that is weight control. <laughs> so how important is this? Let me tell you something. I have a friend. He has put a divorce weight on his wife. That's how important this is. You know, makeup. Makeup is, is a good thing. You know, one little boy said to another boy, why, why do girls wear makeup and perfume? He said, because uh, they, they're ugly and they stink. You don't want to be ugly and stink. Scientists have discovered, by the way, a food that diminishes a woman's sex drive. It's called wedding cake. <laughs> hey! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so those, those are just a few of uh, Pastor Stuart <laughs> Allen Clark's uh, greatest hits. Uh, before we, before we, well, I guess we give our own thoughts on, on the clip, um, just to give listeners a little more background information. Um, yeah, Clark, he's actually a, a fairly prominent figure in uh, in the General Baptist Church, which is a denomination. Um, he was supposed to be the moderator moderator uh, for the General Association of General Baptists on July 22nd, um, but he had to resign after that came out and the the association, they put out like a statement denouncing um, some of the stuff he said. And apparently there was a clip from a few years ago. Uh, I don't know if I want to bring this out, man. Um, but yeah, it was in a Mother's Day sermon where he said that if beautiful Southern women are Southern bells, uh, then beautiful uh, Hispanic women should be Taco Bells. Um, this guy's actually crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um initial thoughts on it yeah emil pointed out it was okay the hypocrisy was on was on 11 there um like first of all the fact that he's holding the bible is absolutely nothing biblical is happening (laughs) he's not reading from it he's not reading from it um he's not capturing the essence of it uh you could actually say he's disrespecting it um (laughs) but there is one in his hands um and obviously, like, you know, we're, we're not here trying to shame people, but he talks about, you know, the whole divorce weight concept. And we were texting about this yesterday. And I was like, the first question I'd ask him is, sir, what <laughs> divorce weight did your wife put on you? Because we got to be talking about tonnage at this point. The man is big. He's a big man. <laughs> 
know. <laughs> he's one. Dude, I mean, I mean, honestly, no offense. You know, he's probably north you know, of three hundred pounds. Like, it's... Yeah, 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 for sure. This is the guy. This is the kind of guy who says. This is the, this is the kind of guy who says, "Oh, women need to be modest because men are visual, women are not." He's the kind of guy who says, "Who says, who says women women aren't visual? They love people by intelligence." So that's why yeah. that's why I'm so smart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they love me for my spirituality, my godliness. <laughs> 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 Whereas I would prefer if they looks like the trophy wife of the year, Melania Trump. Yeah, that's a lot too. Crazy, that's man. that's the example he brought up. Um, that's kind of man, man. Like there's some people that you don't like. They say one thing, and you, and you can guess any everything else that they believe. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Like, like now, I, I, I like I know how he feels about climate change based off of that. <laughs> I know the conversation is not real. The election was stolen. The capital rights was Antifa. (laughs) Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization. You you know, everything. They were also involved in the capital rights. (laughs) All those white faces storming the Capitol building were actually Black Lives Matter operatives. (laughs) Nah, man. And that's the thing. I don't want want to spend too much time talking about actually... um, Pastor Clark, or I don't know how long he's gonna be a pastor anymore. Uh, Stewart, <laughs> we'll just call him that. Um, because yeah, obviously his beliefs are pretty wild. Um, not quite the best video we've seen of a pastor being flagrant. Um, if you guys ever have some time, make sure to look up uh, Reverend Jim Stanridge. Um, one of one no, of, but one no, of, but no, but but the thing is, the thing is, Jim Stanridge was just was just being over the top. Yeah, yeah. This guy, yeah. this guy did not know what's going on. Like, yeah. he's like this guy was actually not aware of what's going on, actually, which is yeah. jokes because. Because if that if that thing if that if that video is recent, I almost guarantee you no one no one in that congregation is wearing a mask. Oh yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you said before, we know all of his beliefs at this point. <laughs> all of them. Um yeah, yeah, actually. Which, I, which, I probably, which, what, what were you gonna say? If let's say let's say for example you're a woman in that congregation. Okay. What what would your what would you do, man? Like what would you do if, if your pastor came up there and, and like I'm right. I, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like at all. Like like it doesn't matter who you are. But just as a woman, what would you do if you're in that congregation? I don't know. That, that's the thing. Like I don't know if I necessarily even have to imagine myself as a woman because that was one of those things which is like so egregious. Where it's like even even if you're not a woman, like even as a no, man, no, 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 no. The reason the reason I'm asking that is like as a woman though, how can you keep coming back to that? Like, how can you keep coming back to that church? And that's the thing, but that, like like the video with like with the whole statement with the Southern Bells and Taco Bells, this clearly isn't this guy's first infraction. Like uh, like you can tell watching the video, this guy speaks. He's he's it seems as though he's probably untouchable um, in his church structure. He can do just about whatever he wanted, say whatever he wanted, um, and as long as it didn't end up on YouTube, he'd be okay. So I, I, was, I, I assume I, if you're a woman, I, then you've probably made some sort of peace with it, or maybe you just. It's like your family goes there. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I was telling. I was. But, I was telling Moses yesterday. I'm like, man, this guy. This guy for sure either has some moral failings or is going to have some. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The me too. Coming. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me too comes soon, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, now I think about it, it was disrespectful. Uh, lump in, uh, Pastor Jim Stanridge. That, that's the homie. Yeah, Jim Stanridge. Jim Stanridge. You can laugh and stuff, but but the thing is, like, he, yeah, he's just intense. This guy was actually yeah. like, oh my goodness. Yeah, if you guys don't know who Reverend Jim is, yeah, it's Reverend Jim. Uh, he's the last clip in the intro. <laughs> You're the you're the you ain't worst worth member. two cents. You're fifteen cents. Yeah, it's actually like a seven minute rant. Um, I, that was just one little clip from it. Um, but what I actually wanted to talk about with this clip, which I thought was interesting, is 
you know, okay, the words of Pastor, the way he, the message he delivered aside, which I think we can all agree with. I... No, hey man, yo, this is Heretics Corner. You're, you're you're about you're about to say something mad. Dude. Camille, man, like I said, he's about to get played. Yeah, I was say he's the way crazy. outside outside of he's delivery, about to get I, outside no, of no, delivery, even his I messaging. totally agree with everything. No, he said. no, even even his messaging, even his messaging, he did bring an and he did bring a thought to my mind, and it's the the general issue of people, um, I guess, like completely letting themselves go. In a, in a relationship uh which is which is okay like now okay now we're getting this is something maybe a little more of a nuanced conversation about how we feel about it and here's the thing i think the the double standard aspect of it and the sexist aspect of it is we always talk about it from like the female perspective we always talk about like women no longer being you know as hot or attractive but the thing is if if anything it's happened do, dudes do it on <laughs> <laughs> with impunity, uh, rapid pace. like just, just, just look, look for your nearest uncle, and, and I guarantee you, he did not look like that on his wedding day. <laughs> and, 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 you, and you know what's actually jokes? The thing is, the thing is, the thing is, guys are actually like praised by their friends for doing it. They're like, yeah. ah, you got good, it now, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah eat good, like gain two hundred fifty pounds, eating good. Like, and that's the thing, and it's it's a complicated conversation because, you know, you can't expect someone to just stay. In the in to just stay in the, in like uh, just to look you the way they can, look when they're twenty five. <laughs> you, you think you that's a reasonable expectation to have? I don't know. It depends. Like like here's the thing. Like like here's the thing. Let me give me an example. Uh-huh. Let's say for example, I know I know this is kind of wild, but let's say for example, I married someone who was like an Olympian or like was like did like CrossFit. Okay. At a high level, I sort okay. of can't expect them to look like that for for a long time, if Why? not forever. Why? Because no, because because this 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 is their this is their identity. This is part of their lifestyle. No, but it is and it's not. Like look at look at like professional athletes. Like a lot of those guys, they're in really good shape. But then once they retire, and now there's no more need for them to be doing two a day workouts and watching everything. They eat. a lot of them. You know, but also, but, but but also, but also, but also, I feel like I feel like what happens? What happens if what happens if what bond you what what bonded you to this person was was your mutual love for 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 health and fitness. Then I think the thing that would make you, the thing that ideally would make you fall out of love with them, or maybe not even fall out of love with them, but I guess have an issue, is if not necessarily they weren't in the same shape, but if they weren't interested in health and fitness anymore. Because that's also something to say. You can still be exercising and eating well, and you're not going to stay in the same shape. Like gravity, oh, yeah, yeah, gravity yeah, does yeah. a one-two Yo, on yeah. you. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. That's what. That's what. That's what I meant. Like. Like. I. I meant more so that like. That like the idea is like you can sort of expect someone to take. To take care of themselves as best they can because this is this is part of their like identity and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the thing is like there's so many complicating factors. Like let's say for example, like childbirth. Like you if a woman, you know, gives birth to a kid, you see how what a toll that takes on their body. Like you can't expect her to just, you know, be Jessica Alba and be, you know, runway ready <laughs> within three weeks. Um, like there's a reason why celebrities can do that. They have millions of dollars and teams of people um, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember that analogy they gave? I don't know if it was at church. Some pastor gave to us or somewhere. He's like, "What happens if you meet the love of your life? Love her, love her, love her, love her." Uh-huh. And uh, and something happens where, like, let's say, for example, um, today, t- today, like, you marry her, some, and like the next day, she gets like a horrible car accident, totally disfigured, like 
like you can't have sex anymore and like you have to take care of her what would you do it was like that's not my portion oh lord Jesus! <laughs> i can't carry me. this cross this is too heavy this is too heavy <laughs> yeah where it's like where it's like there was I, I i was i was i was i was listening to the podcast where they were talking about like um a woman where like God basically told her that's your husband. And it's like they wept. <laughs> they started well, weeping. <laughs> yeah, they, they, well, I don't know you think about right. it. Like to give a biblical example, I don't imagine Hosea was too happy about that when God said, <laughs> Go marry a prostitute. And, and, yeah. and God's like, Oh yeah, and she's going to cheat on you. It's like, what? You're t- you're telling me now <laughs> she's going to cheat on you. <laughs> it's like if you didn't anyway. tell me if you didn't tell me at least at least I could pretend she wasn't. <laughs> it's like even it's though like, even though, even though, sorry, even though I saw another man leaving our bathroom. Honestly, man. Dude, let's say what you will. I know we had a question a couple weeks ago, like, is Old Testament and New Testament God the same? But Old Testament God, the commitment to metaphors is really <laughs> second to none. <laughs> Having Hosea marry prostitutes, had Ezekiel lying on, <laughs> lying on his bed. That was Jeremiah. Was that Jeremiah or something? No, that's where, remember that's where the Ezekiel bread comes from? Because was like, who was the guy? Who was the guy who had like his head in a log or something? Like, yeah, like yeah, he had to put his head in uh, in stocks for like five years. <laughs> Honestly, man, Old Testament God's commitment to metaphors <laughs> <laughs> goes hard in the paint. Um, no, but 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 to, to bring it back to the, to the, to the Stuart Clark conversation, um, I don't want to call it that because I feel as though we're having a different conversation here. But I, it's interesting because I feel as though you know when you enter. Uh, relationship with someone yeah it's almost like and that's the thing like we're not saying and I, I, I don't think Emil's saying it either that you have to stay in the shape you're in when you're 25 for the rest of your life mm-hmm. um, but I think there is something to be said whether it's being done by men or women and, and like, like you said a lot of times it seems like it's really men who are doing it but I mean totally neglecting yourself because I think, first of all, that is that is who you're harming. If you totally like, let yourself go, like, you know, don't, don't, like, and, and and we're not even talking about necessarily your weight or your shape. Like, I mean, if you all of a sudden start dressing all bummy and you're not even cleaning yourself, um, you're not, you're not doing a good job as, as a man and like as, as a provider and like trying to actually like actually like take care of your family. If you just totally neglect yourself, it is like an undue burden that you're placing on this person. Because when they get in a relationship, they're like, okay, this person who I'm marrying now, obviously people are going to change and evolve. But like the best aspects of themselves, I expect them to try to hold on to those things, right? But I think, but I think one of the, one of the things I was just thinking about, one of the things we always think about, I'm thinking especially from like traditionally the, the traditionally the, the perspective of the woman is that a lot of times women have to sacrifice their own health, their yeah. own like goals for the sake of their family, which is really crazy because like you have guys who are like, oh man, I'm leaving you for this for this uh, young hot thing. When essentially the reason why this person has changed mm-hmm. so much is because they've essentially given you their lives towards raising your raising your children and like get, sacrificing their goals and dreams. I think guys like ah, you you let yourself go. Yeah. I, I, I I literally sacrificed everything for you to fulfill your dreams. That's a good point. Yeah, I never, I never thought about that. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think it, it does it does matter. Like it, it, if you use the term letting yourself go, and I'm putting this in air quotes, it's like okay, but why? Is it a case of like they're totally neglecting all of their duties, even as a partner, as a as as someone who as a yeah, as a partner, as a parent, if they're just being bad at everything and letting themselves go, that's completely selfish. But like I'm yeah. saying, if someone they don't have time to go to the gym two hours a day anymore because they're picking up the kids from work, I mean, from school, 
Don't like worry. Getting... What is it? Industrial <laughs> Revolution? What is it? <laughs> Just dusting the chimney dust off of the kids. <laughs> no, but I mean... But I mean, yeah. If for some reason, like, you're... you're I think that makes more sense. Like, if, if your partner's fulfilling all their roles excellently and they can't take care... Because that's the thing. Your shape, like, the, the kind of shape that you're in, first, it's totally irrelevant. Yeah. Um. And and I don't know. I, mean, I I don't know. I don't know. We say that. We say that. However, no, I mean like I mean the literal shape you're in. And that's the thing. And, and, and in the case of someone like Stuart Clark, it clearly that means he's, everything. He clearly likes looking at people who exercise. I don't know if he himself <laughs> likes to exercise, <laughs> but he clearly enjoys looking at people who exercise. <laughs> 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 but I mean, I think and that's the thing. I I, I think that it really brought to mind the th- the aspect of. I think when you're in a relationship, you do have like a, a certain responsibility to maintain a level of upkeep. And it's not, and it's, and I'm not even strictly talking about, um, I think it's even something like the way you dress. And I'm, I'm guilty of this sometimes too. Like I remember I was listening to a podcast, um, where this, this lady, she was talking about how there was a period in her marriage where like her husband just wasn't as affectionate and she asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, literally when I come home all day, you're just wearing like these like dirty, like ratty, like sweatpants. And you haven't showered and like your hair is all like all over the place. And it's like, that's not, that's not really going to get me going. That's not going to turn me on walking in and seeing like a, like a mess. And, and he's not saying you need to be wearing an evening gown, but I mean, just like, you know, take a shower <laughs> and put on some clean clothes, something like that. Um, it's actually, it's actually so interesting how whenever people, whenever people are married, talk about like, Oh, what life is like, it's just like, man, all, all that, all that romance that like, People, yeah. people see and stuff. That stuff, that stuff doesn't even happen. Like it, it yeah, barely nah. even happens. Like, nah, nah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> people get married and they think like, oh, this is about like us. Nah, man, y'all are gonna have kids in three years, and then your marriage takes takes a back <laughs> seat. <laughs> The next 30 yeah, years. You've seen those people who like after their kids leave, they just basically divorce because they're like, they're like, I, I, I don't even know you anymore. No, nah, man. Actually, I know people personally that happened like with like their families, and because yeah, they, their parents just didn't want to get divorced while the kids were in school, and so they waited. Because yeah, I think if I think that's here, we're we're talking as people who have zero experience right now, um, but I think that's the importance of people who say of uh, tending the garden. Is that is that how the Christians phrase it? Watering, watering, your watering the garden, right? watering the garden, not watering the lawn. <laughs> Don't they say that's that so about the grass? The grass being greener, or something? Maybe I know. I think that the term is tending the garden of your marriage, but I mean like being intentional about things like dating and things like that, um, because because yeah, if you, if you don't maintain that relationship between the two of you, and then when you have kids, it just totally um, it just dissipates, and then once those kids leave, you're like, oh, we were just we were just raising kids together. I don't actually like yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, one thing I did, I did want to say about about the sermon which I was thinking about, and I think a, a point which is really so messed up about it is he talks about you know he uses the example of the boyfriend of the boyfriend looking back at the girl in the red dress, and he's almost saying like women you have to stay hot so that your man's eye isn't turned. Yeah, and I feel as though, especially in like our modern context that misses so much of what the actual problem is. Yeah. Cause I remember one time I was thinking about it. Uh, like, like we've talked about it before. Instagram, Instagram is a, is a dangerous place. <laughs> Instagram, Instagram's full of landmines. Like there's like, like I said, there's a reason why Emil is only using 
<laughs> he keeps his Instagram it's news to, to, to the public library. <laughs> um, and honestly, no, like hundred percent speaking, like I've never really been big on Instagram. And if we didn't have a podcast, I probably wouldn't even have it on my phone. But it's it's a case of like 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 I remember I, I was thinking about it once. There is no woman who can compete with Instagram. None. Literally, not even, even not, not even those Instagram people. Yeah, not even not even the Instagram <laughs> models. Because the thing is, like. As as like I can log on Instagram, and I can literally see Instagram model after Instagram model after Instagram model, hundreds of them just swiping for eternity, and just a new Instagram model over and over and over. And, you know, you talk about you talk about things like um like 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 the novelty like the the, the novelty stimulus of just you know getting this dopamine hit every time you see this yeah. new image, new image, new image, and you realize the thing is. And I'm just talking about men because that's what I know best. But I mean, men are going to have their head turned, especially if they're indulging in those kinds of things. You know, we talk a little about pornography, too. That's that's a that's that, that's a big, I guess, factor, I think, especially with our generation. But the thing yeah. is, like men having their head turned oftentimes has absolutely nothing to do with how their partner looks. Mm-hmm. It's really just more so what is the what is the media diet they're consuming? Because the thing is, no woman, can, like I said, no woman can compete with Instagram. No woman can compete with Pornhub or something like that. Like, yeah. it really is a case of of what are you feeding yourself? And and are you creating yourself into this, like, sexually um, erratic creature which can't focus on anything for more than 12 seconds? Because <laughs> then it's like, you have no hope. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, like, you're actually screwed. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that, that, that explore page, man, is a man. Dude, that's what we said this before. <laughs> If you want to know a man, look at his explore page. Forget about his history. Forget about his his bank account statements. <laughs> Check what's on his explore page. It was like this, like it's like, it's like you, you get a job, you get a job, they just pull up your explore page. You're like, what yeah. the heck are you doing, bro? What are you actually looking at? Like, and you can't even be like, why oh, do you do this? You click on the picture based on pictures that based on accounts that you follow. <laughs> yeah, based you interacted with. It's like, ah, oh, Instagram. Why are you snitching? Why are you snitching Instagram? <laughs> it's like, bro, all we see are pimple popping videos. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> the algorithm messed up. That's not me. <laughs> I did not do this thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but just to, I guess, just to put a bow on it. Um, yeah, obviously, we don't, we don't support anything past year. Stuart and Alan Clark is saying, but I, I think there's an interesting conversation to be had. And I don't know if we necessarily found a resolution, but like, you know, to what extent um, are you like responsible to your partner for like, I don't know, I guess your upkeep. And I think obviously it is a conversation which ideally would be guided by love. And like, I think almost a self, a disinterest, a self, um, a love which isn't self-interested is more focused on like, okay, I want to make this relationship as easy as possible for my partner. Um, And then obviously also like the reality of, you know, men, uh, yeah, speaking specifically about men, they get their head turned by a lot of things. Um, (laughs) It usually doesn't have anything to do with what their girlfriends look like. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, let's cancel Pastor Pastor Clark. Let's do it. Um, (laughs) Don't worry, man. He's already canceled. Rally the troops! The man's church. The man's church should turn off like their Facebook, deleted all their yeah, videos. yeah. They deleted all their all their Facebook and YouTube videos. Um, yeah, uh, someone was probably right now. This, this this Sunday's message was persecution for the gospel. Yeah, 
Yeah, religious freedom. <laughs> I guarantee you that's what they're preaching about today. Which, 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 uh, which, this, I think this should be next week's news story. I was reading an article on Relevant Magazine. I like John, John McCarthy, John McCarthy yeah, 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 was saying, yeah, was saying, McCarthy. was saying, I don't, I don't fight for religious freedom because the devil will prop up all these other religions. I'm yeah, like, don't give it away. Bruh. Honestly, I, I, I was this close to making out the story for this week. And then I saw this Pastor Clark one. I was like, nah, this has to be the one. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, he's in the midst of a cancellation, uh, as, as he probably should be. Well, I was thinking about it. We might get canceled. We're playing YouTube audio, but uh, we're gonna see if Apple Podcast nah. lets us uh, slip below, slip below the radar. Nah, man. Um, anyway, speaking of cancellations, uh, we're gonna move on to our second headline. Um, this is uh, there's a lot going on in this one. It's it's something which is uh, I guess kind of grab the cultural conversation. Um, but a few days ago, uh, New York Times op-ed reporter Charles Blow, I think that was his name. Uh, yeah, yeah, Charles Blow. Yeah, so he caught he caught a little bit of flack. Um, I think it was trending yesterday on Twitter because he was talking about how Pepe Le Pew um, added to rave culture. So for anyone who doesn't know Pepe Le Pew, he's a, he's a skunk on Looney Tunes, and pretty much his whole um, character arc is he's chasing after this cat, which kind of looks like a skunk, um, and he's he's really forceful about it. Some would even say rapey. Um, he's he's like grabbing her. Uh, chasing after her, was like forcing to kiss her, and the cat really isn't that interested in him, um, and he's obsessed with her. Uh, and so Charles Blow he tweeted, um, uh, "Right wing blogs are mad because I said Pepe Le Pew added to rape culture. Let's see. Number one, he grabs slash kisses a girl um, repeatedly without consent and against her will. Two, she struggles mightily to get away from him, but he won't release her. Three, he locks a door to prevent her from escaping." Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's the tweet and it kind of blew up over the weekend. Um, in an interesting way, a lot of people, a lot of people almost like seemed tired of like, honestly, why are we out here <laughs> canceling Pepe Le Pew, um, 40 years after the fact. Um, I remember there was a few people talking about like, we're in the midst of a pandemic. People are trying to get relief bills. I mean, like stimulus checks. <laughs> and now y'all are trying to cancel, um, Pepe Le Pew. Uh, but there were people who agreed with Charles Blow, and I thought it was interesting because uh, this past week we also saw um, six Dr. Seuss books um, being removed from circulation by by the, by like the holders of Dr. Seuss's estate um, because they contained uh, racist imagery. Uh, I'm trying to see what the actually yeah, it doesn't really matter what the six books are, um, but I think yeah they they they, they kind of contained racist imagery of Asian people like stereotypical drawings of Asian people. Um, and if you're and if you're and if you're and if you're a liberal or if you're a self-identified liberal progressive and you have these books in your house, you're part of the problem. Yeah, you are part of the problem. Um, you are white supremacy. Um, <laughs> yeah, they think they, they contain like um, stereotypical drawings of Asian people, uh, black people um, and uh, Middle Eastern people. Yeah, the, the books are Mick Mick Elligott's Pool on Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super. Um, and the cat's quizzer and uh, I think two other yeah if I ran the zoo and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street which I think was yeah was the first book he ever published as Dr. Seuss um, so yeah those six that were taken out of circulation this past week it kind of caused a, a pretty big uproar some people are saying you know this is cancel culture this is political correctness gone mad I think sales of Dr. Seuss books actually spiked um, a lot of people makes working. sense yeah I guess maybe trying to get collectibles or maybe trying to make a stance 
Um, but it's, 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 it's like the John Sherry thing. When Don Sherry was out here going after people and CBC yeah. canceled him, his podcast popped off, man. Yeah, at least the one episode, like his first episode after. Yeah, I think it's literally called the Barbra Streisand effect. Like if you try to hide something, then it actually becomes um, people are more interested in like, oh, what is this thing? <laughs> um, but yeah, so the sales spiked. Emil, you were saying you saw, um, what was it? Uh, Kevin McCarthy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The House, uh, the House Minority Leader, Republican. Yeah, he released a video re- reading, reading, reading like a bunch of Dr. Seuss books. <laughs> like people, people, people just love to gourd it. Eh? People just love to. Yeah, man. Uh, nice to see the Republicans staying on brand. Um, <laughs> but uh, like, wait, in this ever, in this ever like, changing world, like, the Republicans tell, stay the same. <laughs> they tell, they tell Kevin McCarthy, it's like, bro, these books are racist. <laughs> racist, you say. That's why yeah, I'm reading them. <laughs> yeah, racist, you say. Buy, buy me a copy. I want a video right now, record of me reading. This is gonna really resonate with my constituents, <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy because. He grew up in Bakersfield, California. <laughs> That's the thing people actually get wrong about California and actually most U.S. states. California, they think it's like this liberal haven, but it's really just a big city. Northern California is actually like Republican country. <laughs> people don't I think Bakersfield, that. California is in the south. Though. I think it? it's actually pretty near. I think it's near L.A. Oh, okay. I don't know about that. Yeah, I guess maybe it's just an outlier. Um, <laughs> but I guess the question I'm asking you is... Yeah, how do we feel about this? How do we feel about, I guess, these really old pieces of media, be it like TV shows or books, um, kind of people revisiting them and deciding that they're unacceptable? And the Dr. Seuss one, I don't want, I, I know I want to let you respond, but it's a little bit complicated because Dr. Seuss himself also wrote a lot of anti racist literature. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, what's it called? The Sneetches? Yeah, the Sneeches, um, which I think was like um, kind of fighting back against anti-Semitism. Some people say Horton Hears a Who is really just like a big metaphor for like listening to racial minorities. Um, And he also he wrote some essays about like, you know, kind of uh, criticizing people who used racism um, in their comics and things like that. But at the same time, you know, he had these six books. And I I think in the 40s and 50s, he used to work for like this ad agency. And he made some real, (laughs) you know, if you guys look up Dr. Seuss's old cartoons, they are really, really racist. Like, there's a few um, about like Japanese internment. Some of like pictures of black. Yeah, people. dude, 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 like, dude. Doctor Seuss works for the United States government, man. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 like, honestly, like, that's like, all I need to say. To... In 1940. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, man. The thing is, like, I, 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 here's the thing. I feel like I feel like the Doctor Seuss thing. I personally think you have to look at that in context of like the time that they're living in, because the yeah. thing is, what are, are we going to cancel the U.S. government for producing for producing? anti-Japanese propaganda. The thing is, like, we understand that this was what happened. But the U.S. government, like, all those people are... Yeah, but you can't cancel the U.S. government. No, 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 no. What what I mean by that is the thing is, like, 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 even now, like, like, I, as a teacher, I, I, I look at like anti-Japanese propaganda, even made in Canada. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we can look, we can look at that in, as, as a, as a product of time. Um, And, 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 and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want I don't want to use war as an excuse, but I also feel like I also feel like we can't we can't act as though the situation in 2021 is the exact same as it was in the 1940s. Okay, okay. So it sounds a little bit like you aren't in support of these, I guess, retroactive um, cancellations. Because then how do you feel about okay, yeah, we, we, we can't say we can't imagine that they were um, creating things from the same point of view as us, but then how do you feel about us continuing to like pay for these things, continue to enrich Dr. Seuss's estate, 
um, for these for these depictions. I, I here's the thing, man. I, I I feel like with something like that, um, I think Dr. Seuss's estate, the fact that they did this on purpose. Yeah, I feel like it's probably something that that they looked at at the world they're living in right now and said, "Yo, this this doesn't fly anymore, and we can't and we can't do this." And so they took it off. And I'm like, if you personally decide to do that, that's cool, um, because because maybe the books don't reflect what you're trying to do. Yeah. But I I don't see I don't see the point of me who's not part of the company telling something that was made in the 1940s. I want you to cancel this because this this offends me. I'm like. Yeah, and, and I know, I know, I know, like, I, I definitely sound like a lot of those right-wing bloggers that Charles Blow is talking about. Yeah. But my thing is, like, at the end of the day, um, we can't, as, as, as much as I feel like we have to be compassionate about other people, there is a certain point where we have to be careful that we don't try to censor everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely... Hmm. It's a complicated conversation. Honestly, I've been thinking about it since yesterday, since I first saw the story. And I don't know if I've necessarily come up with like a comprehensive point of view or or answer. I was actually reading an article by Michael Harriet. Um, if anyone doesn't know him, you should follow him. I think he probably is one of the best Twitter accounts out there. He's a writer for The Root. Okay, so, so, so you were saying that, yeah, so... No, what I was saying is um, I actually read... Uh, sorry, everyone, there was just a little technical difficulty there. But um, yeah, so what I was saying was, um, I read this article by Michael Harriet, who, uh, if anyone doesn't know about him, he's a really good follow on Twitter. I think one of the best follows on Twitter, period, in my opinion. Uh, but he's a writer for The Root. And he was talking about the Dr. Seuss books. Um, he's a black guy. And he was writing about how uh, in his household, his mom always tried to like, she homeschooled the kids and she really wanted to, she, I think her goal was she wanted her kids to grow up, um, you know, without their without without being so heavily informed by whiteness like you know grow up like grow up um so that they didn't view being white as the default which you know for for a lot of black people that's the reality of how you live like you're raised in society which like views being white as a default um so he talked about how like there weren't any dr seuss books in his house um uh and it was interesting like i never thought about it from that perspective um um because it seems it feels it feels inconsequential for Dr. Seuss to have these like racist images in his, in some of his novels. And I remember when I first heard it, I felt as though like, yeah, people might be overacting a little bit. Um, but then the more I think about it, it's like, first of all, Dr. Seuss, even though the stuff was written in 40 or 40, like in the 40, 50 years ago, he still continues to have a very large impact. Like, I think I saw this list. Um, he's still, I think every year, among the top five or 10 best-selling authors in the world. Um, and I think on the list of celebrities, richest celebrities, richest dead celebrities, like we're making the most money now, it's like Michael Jackson, then Dr. Seuss. So he's still selling, yeah, he's still selling crazy amounts of books um, up until now. And, and, and like I, even in my own life, I grew up reading Dr. Seuss books, even though I was born in, in the late 90s, um, like way after the fact, and I'm sure kids still are now. And, and, and you don't really think about it, but... You know, when you're when you're a kid and you see these images of like Asians and their eyes being drawn as just like straight lines or like, you know, black or Africans um, being drawn as this like hybrid between animals and humans, mm. you, like you don't really think about it. But it's just like it's just a piece of of larger of larger forces which act on kids to give them these very like racist notions. And then like, have you seen that the doll test? 
where they would yeah, 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 where they like they like pick pick uh, which one which one is good, which one is bad, which one is beautiful, which one yeah. the which one looks like you, and then <laughs> I like yeah, like, that was so sad, yeah, man. That was rough. That was, yeah, that was like, oh. yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know what the doll test is, this test where they would have like these little kids and they they show them a, a white doll and a black doll, and they did this with white kids and black kids and all all, all kinds of races. And they would ask them, like, you know, point at which doll you think is smart or beautiful. Which one do you think is evil? Which one do you think is bad? Um, and consistently, black kids and white kids, all the positive descriptors, they'd be pointing at the white dolls. And then the negative ones, they would point at the black dolls. And you realize that even these kids, like four, five, six, seven years old, who, you know, most people would say don't understand what racism is or prejudice. They can't really comprehend those things. You realize that they have these thoughts, like, baked into their minds. And seeing these images, it could kind of, it could reinforce that. But then at the same time, I get what you mean by saying, like, we can't just go and totally bulldoze history because everyone was racist 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that, I get that, I get that. And it's complicated. Like, I think it, it may be a case of, first of all, you know, parents and schools and teachers being more intentional about the kind of things they expose kids to like yeah. honestly even after this whole thing i think if i had a kid today like you know me speaking as a, as, a, as a black man and you know who's probably gonna have black children um actually definitely gonna have black children the dominant gene folks hey hey um but <laughs> you know as a black man who's gonna have <laughs> put, actually, on actually, doctor, get, put on my doctor put on my doctor umar hat <laughs> i've been activated Yo, 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 was there actually a time on the breakfast club with that hat on? No, I don't think, I don't know if he ever wore that, uh, that like, uh, Kinta cloth hat, but, uh, <laughs> I think Dr. it was, Umar, just, he was edited out of me. I just, I just Dr. Edited. Umar Johnson, half the stuff he says, have you, have you actually watched him, like, do I have a have talk about, like, psychology? He's just, he's, dude, he's a Hebrew Israelite. That's what he is. He's just literally <laughs> a <laughs> Hebrew Israelite. <laughs> All the people, all the comments yeah. are like, like, what school did you go to again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, and anyone doesn't know Hebrew Israelites, we're not referring to like Jewish people. We're talking, it's actually like a denomination of, like, <laughs> yeah, look them up. You'll, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> denomination of, yeah, just look it up. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. But I mean, what was I saying? Yeah, but I think even now as a black person, if I were to have kids, I don't know if I would buy him a Dr. Seuss book, or at least the, specifically those ones. Maybe you know other ones that are a little less controversial. I might, I might get into. I don't know. I don't know. But, I don't know. I, I get that. However, 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 I feel like one of the one of the difficulties is like when we because we're digging up the racial past and everything. The thing is, you're probably uh, gonna get your kids something that's racist. The thing is, like even think of like Aunt Jemima. No, nah, man, you don't <laughs> man, know. we were pounding that stuff back. I'm gonna be yeah. thorough. Thorough. Oh, I remember. I remember. I was talking to some students this week. We were talking about my kids gonna be speaking Swahili, man. They're gonna be growing up in downtown Edmonton speaking Swahili. It's like like, I don't even speak it, but they will. It's like I don't speak that. My kids will. The words of colonialism will not touch their lips. I remember. I remember. uh, I was talking to students about like the Aunt Jemima thing, and then and then and then I'm like I'm like like the only thing Aunt Jemima Aunt Jemima does have maple syrup. All they have is sugar, caramel, and racism. That's, yeah, that's all. That's, that's, that's the secret sauce, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pinch of racism, man. Yeah, this new this new syrup. I don't know what they call it, like Pearl Milling Company or something. It's yeah. gonna be weak, man. They took out the secret ingredient. <laughs> did you? Did, did you? Did, did you, I saw Kevin on stage post the thing. It's like he posted a new logo. It's like somehow this this, this somehow this looks even more racist. Yeah. yeah. 
Wait a second. Who's who's running those mills? <laughs> Stay woke, folks. Stay woke. <laughs> who's powering the mills? <laughs> Stay woke. Who's grinding? Who's grinding? Who's grinding the grades? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This was made before electricity. This needed manpower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but like, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. You're just saying. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like, I feel like we have to be very, very careful because especially like, as I said, like if you go back in history and as you, as you go further and further back, we start to realize that like a lot of the attitudes that we have towards things are relatively new and that mm. we have to be able to look at history and say, okay, well, this is not something we necessarily endorse anymore, but this is, this is, this still has, I can still, I can still engage with this. Yeah. And it's a good point you say like these, that these attitudes are recent and not only they're recent, but they were actually born out of these things that we're trying to cancel. Like a lot of these, a lot of these things, which are saying like, we don't want to, we don't want to engage with these things anymore. They were necessary yeah. precursors to the ways of thinking that we have now. And and, 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 yeah. and, and you also have to realize, you know, people aren't going to think the way we think now. A hundred years from now, they might be canceling us for some stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think, and it's the thing, I don't know what the, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know if I have a perfect answer or formulated like a comprehensive opinion on this. Mm-hmm. But I, I think maybe the most measured approach, in my opinion, was like if we saw these things and we just informed people, you know, and then allow them to make a decision. Maybe you can go as far as, you know, putting a little disclaimer at the start of a book saying like, you know, some of these or like from the Dr. Seuss estates, like, you know, we don't support all of the images in this book and we think some of them are a little bit offensive, but, you know, we're still committed to preserving the legacy of Dr. Seuss, who we on the whole think was a good guy. And I actually, on the whole, I think he was a good guy too, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's just making people aware because there's the danger is people um ignorantly consuming this stuff and just that that stuff kind of like seeping into the subconscious of like okay this is what asian people look like this is what black people look like this is what Arabic people look like but if you can if you can read this book to your kid and then have a conversation with saying okay you know the, you think that book was fun it was interesting yeah 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 but it was racist too no, i'm kidding but like you can <laughs> did you know did you know <laughs> They almost got you, son, but I was here to save you. <laughs> no, but I mean, but having an informed conversation with them, I was like, okay, but this thing here, you know, maybe this is a stereotypical picture of like what people look like from other worlds. From I mean, not other worlds, other countries. <laughs> other worlds, sir. You, like, you mean they're Black not people are aliens, man. We all know it. Black people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I've never, I think anyone who knows me personally, it's like, I've never really been a fan of cancel culture whatever that is and that's that's something that's hard to define like especially like the faux outrage aspect of it and where it's like you know let's burn their books let's let's wipe them from the internet i i i actually think i actually think this idea of cancel culture is so interesting i think we should definitely make that one of our next episodes one of our yeah the idea of like cancel culture canceling people because i I feel like christians 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 fall in a really weird place where it seems like nowadays christians are always saying ah don't cancel don't cancel don't cancel white but yeah christians yeah, but it's, but yes, but it seems like like I don't know. If you look into it, Christians seem to be like the pioneers of cancel culture. Like like, yeah. like we've done it harder than anyone else. But like yet we yeah we're speaking out against it. Yeah, yeah, that that, that that's one hundred percent true. I think yeah, that could be a future episode. I I thought about doing it previously, but I didn't know if people wanted to hear yet another podcast talk about cancel culture. Um, but maybe we can wait into it, see if we can give a give a new fresh perspective. Um, mm-hmm. but um. But yeah, I think just to just to wrap up the Dr. Seuss story, like I don't know if I don't know if ceasing publication 
was might have been a bit of a reaction like you said this is something that dr seuss's estate decided to do so like they they chose to do this ahead of like before the outrage that's actually what started off the outrage was them making this decision so this was a this was something they chose to do but i think maybe a more measured approach with some of these things would be like informing people of the history behind this media or the history behind these images and then allowing them to make a decision because as we've seen Sometimes when you say something's racist, that just makes racists want to buy it more. <laughs> that just makes yeah. racists want to post an, Insta- an Instagram video of them reading it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, did you know that this was racist? <laughs> I want three. Get me three. <laughs> it's like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Imagine, imagine me, imagine me the cashier the day after, the day after uh, Aunt Jemima announces it. And a guy walks up to your till and all he has is, is Aunt Jemima bottle in his cart. You're like... Uh, someone says we, we we know who's part of the clan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a clan member identified <laughs> yeah maybe not the clan i don't know maybe they're a collector if you're trying to be generous um but um but yeah i think we'll we'll, we'll save some of our thoughts for the cancel culture episode which y'all can expect coming down the pipeline um we love pipelines on the base of full heretics that's the official stance <laughs> of the podcast more pipelines more oil <laughs> More business. We love Alberta beef. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a reference for Albertan listeners. Um, but uh, I think that's it for headlines this week. We kind of we drifted into an hour, so I don't think we're gonna hit the third one. Um, and so we can hop into the heretics corner. We're down. It's times like this. I wish I were a religious man. It's all over, people. We don't have a prayer. Yeah, so uh, for this week's Heretics Corner, um, this is kind of the section of the show where we kind of have a conversation. We usually have a conversation about a topic in faith. You can hit up the past episodes and and see the different things we've talked about. Um, But this episode, um, we thought we'd do a little bit of story time, as you can probably see from the episode title. Um, We realize that even though we're closing in on on 10 episodes. That's um, actually crazy, man. Like, honestly, honest to goodness, I I did not think we would get here. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't think double digits, my guy. Double digits. We're almost there. Let's not fall off the last hurdle, though. We need to do one more episode. <laughs> Dude, no. This, honestly, man, the this, this, one of my favorite podcasts is similar to like I think we talked about this Bible based adventure. Yeah, these mm-hmm. guys have been these guys have been pumping out an episode every single week for over a year. Dude, this podcast has been doing that for like a decade, man. No, like which like. Because like a lot of podcasts, yeah, I but, know they take like they take they take like they take season breaks and like they'll take breaks mm-hmm. in there. These guys are on every single week. I almost expect any some a week for them to not be on, but they're always on. I'm like, yeah. what? That's crazy. Plus, you have to factor in, yeah, it's easy to do a podcast when you're getting paid for it. Uh, we're doing this yeah. for love. Not to say we don't want to get paid. You know, if anyone listening, we'll take Halliburton if they, if they want to sponsor us. We'll take anyone's money. <laughs> Who's Halliburton again? <laughs> Remember, it's that arms company that uh, oh, yeah. Dick Cheney. <laughs> Dick Cheney was the CEO of. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh 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 oh! What, what, this, we'll take Marlboro. One. We'll we'll advertise this, this... Marlboro at the start of the show if you want. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? What's that? What's that one? Laramie cigarettes. The one you know. This is... Nah, smooth Laramie cigarettes. Smooth. Nah, but goes uh, down smooth. <laughs> but for now, for now, we do it for the love. Um, but yeah, for this week's for this week's Heretics Corner, we thought it'd be nice to actually like properly 
introduce yeah. ourselves and kind of explain, you know, how we how we got here to where we are um, and maybe even to creating a podcast. Because even though, like you said before, a, a fair number of the listeners um, are people who know us. Maybe they don't know our entire story or maybe you're someone listening who doesn't know us at all. You only know us through the podcast. Um, and so you're kind of wondering, like, you know, who are these guys really? Who are you really? Um, and so I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, so obviously, me and Emil, we are brothers um, of the of the same clan, tribe, and household. Um, what is it? Uh, and up until a few years ago, we lived with, like, when Emil moved out, we literally spent our whole lives together. Um, so, so there's quite a bit of overlap in our stories. Uh, what do you think are the most important things people know about us? I'm... I'm... I'm 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 the better looking brother and all okay. that. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, okay. I get I get okay. I get I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, honestly. You know, you know, you know, you know, I'm joking, but kinda not. But like yeah, what I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna admit it. Emil's a good looking guy, handsome man, handsome man, very good looking guy. Um but it's it's when you see what's underneath. It's when you see what's in his heart. <laughs> I think I, I I think episode two gave people a little glimpse. A little, what a, a little glimpse. I think episode two gave people a little a little okay, glimpse. But guys, that. that's just a glimpse, man. I know this man. <laughs> the depth. No, but like no, I, <laughs> the depths. <laughs> no, but there was no no. Okay, but all, all jokes aside, what do people know about us? Um, I think I think I, I, think you, I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's this, there's this general perception that people have of I think both you and I that like we just love talking. I don't know yeah. if you get that idea that like we just love talking we love like the all the time. Voice. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. true to an extent. We do. It is. No, it yeah. is. It is. <laughs> however, 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 I I feel like um, I feel like I feel like I've noticed this a lot more in myself and even in you is that we're also very introverted people. Yeah. Insecure. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, well, obviously, we talked about our. Our, our our ridiculous soccer dreams, which which never happened. Uh, people yeah. know about that. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? What else? I think maybe the best way to frame it would be like kind of going. I don't want to go all the way back to the beginning. Like I was born um, on October sixteenth, nineteen ninety eight. But in a way, I think um, it might be good just to kind of give a little bit of our actual like background because yeah. I was I was going to talk about this in the identities episode um, before before we kind of pivoted to the Ravi Zacharias topic. But I think, you know, for for a lot of our lives, we've kind of lived in between like cultures and like nations. Um, yeah. And I know for me, that's that's kind of created like some identity issues. And even 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 kind of talking about our faith journeys. So I think we're going to touch on that, too. That's that's intersected there as well. Um, like for anyone who doesn't know. So me and Emil were both um, our family. Emil, you were born in you were born in Rwanda, right? Congo. Yeah, you were born in Congo. Um, I was born in Zambia because uh, our family had went there because it was a civil war. You know how it'd be in Congo. Um, and so then we yeah. moved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's where our family's from. That's where we were born. And so we moved here when we were like four. Um, you were I was four. four I, was I was four. Emil was nine. Yeah. Emil was older than me. Um, and the thing is, like, looking back on it, we literally did not know, like, we did not know anything about ourselves for the majority of our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, like, like, like we discover stuff as we go. Like here's the thing, like yeah. I, 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 there were certain things, like I didn't even know our family spoke Kenya Rwanda, like the like, which is language the language Rwanda, speaking Rwanda until yeah. like oh, oh, like seven years ago, maybe eight years, eight. I don't know. Would have been like around thirteen years ago when our cousins moved here. Yeah, yeah, because we're yeah, like, yeah. and then our parents just started speaking Kenya Rwanda. I'm like, what? We speak this language? Yeah, like, yeah. So if you understand, like, our, so our family is like our heritage is Rwandese. Um, but like our family moved to Congo a while ago, so that's kind of the the country we associate the, with the most. And so yeah, like Camille's saying, we grew up speaking Swahili, which is a which is the language which is spoken in like our area of Congo. And <laughs> it wasn't until our our uncle and aunt moved here, um, and they started speaking to my parents in this whole other language. Like, what on earth is this? It's like, oh yeah, this is the language our entire family speaks most of the time, which is Swahili, and none of you know a word of. It's like, what? And then like and then like since since that moment, I swear our parents have have not have haven't really spoke haven't really spoke uh Swahili since. Yeah. Like it's been here all the time. All the time. Yeah, all was... the time. <laughs> it was like what? This is who we are. It's like, yeah, this is exactly <laughs> and, and, then, and then every time we call our, our family from back home, everyone's speaking here and we're just humiliated. It was like how come you don't speak your I just don't know the language. Man. I, I, I didn't know about this till a couple years ago. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, mischaracterize our parents about like making them sound like very secretive people. But there were there. I think not even that. But there were a lot of things about our our identities that we didn't even know about um, until way after the fact. Like you talk about the whole Kenya Rwanda thing. The fact that we were even Rwandese um, was. I think we found that out around the same time. Like we just thought. I just thought I was Congolese the entire time. Um, yeah. And what is it? I didn't know my first name was Tom until like. The seventh grade. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you serious? I'm being uh, actually, uh, yeah, I'm being 100% serious, man. Like, until I actually like, saw like, the like, how, how did you not know? You just didn't see it? You've never saw it before? Yeah, because, dude, uh, maybe not seventh grade, maybe like around fifth grade. But, like, if, when you're a little kid going around life, I'm not signing any of my forms, I'm not signing any of my documents. And it wasn't until, like, I got, like, late elementary, early junior high, when I actually started seeing some of these, like, legal documents. I'm like, what's this Tom business? And like, yeah, it's your first name. I'm like, what? Yeah, but. <laughs> what but, on but, earth? But, <laughs> But, but your name, your name, Tom, is, is spelled weird, man. Spelled with an yeah, it's mis, it's misspelled on my birth certificate. That's like that's like the one fun fact that was used whenever people ask me for that. Um, but but the reason why I bring all that stuff up is because I think for for a long time, um, like I said before, there's often been the feeling that we were like in between cultures, you know. Because the thing is, when you're a black guy with a name like Dekezi as your last name, and like you're, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it properly, man. Not, yeah, not about to... <laughs> it's actually it's actually jokes, but we don't actually say it like that. Like, no, nah, we, we don't say it, we say, say it like in a in a Caucasian friendly way. Yeah, yeah, which is so crazy, man. Whenever whenever like white people say Nikesi, like like these are things that I've never heard of. Remember, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember talking to dad <laughs> one time? Dad, our dad was like, they don't even try, man. Yeah, dude, <laughs> like, our dad like, he like, went like, off one day. He's yeah. like, I've known these people for ten years. They can't spell yeah. my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, they're out here, they're out here with, with all, with all the, with all the Ukrainian names. It's yeah, there like, was like Malinkovich, Pavlov, or something. <laughs> they know, but how can you say this? Like, like I, I say this time and time, Dirk Kezi, Dirk Kezi, Dirk Kezi. How can't you say this? Like, yeah, they can say Kuruchevsky, perfect. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> Tzatziki? <laughs> Nadizi? Nadizi? Nadizaki? is the worst because it's like, why are you putting the Z before the K? You know, it's not even, it's not even how it works. What's that thing we're saying that like white people can't, can't, there's too many consonants. There's too many consonants. No, they know it's the beginning. They see the N and the D and they just give up. They start freestyling. Just... <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
No, but but what I was saying is I think like when you when you grow up as like a black guy, you know, with that kind of name, that kind of heritage, I think you rightfully don't feel I've never like really felt Canadian. Like whenever I go places, people ask me like, you know, where you the classic like, where you from? Where you really from? Which which really you're not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like like I like I was born in Zambia. I don't know anything about Zambia. I only lived there till I was three. My family's not Zambian, Um, but I mean, so on that side, you don't really feel fully Canadian. But at the same side, like you talk about, you know, we have our family (laughs) in 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 uh, in Congo and Rwanda, actually all over the world, but. but when you hang out with them, we're like the Canadian guys, you know, like we're the ones who like don't really speak. We don't really speak any Kenya Rwanda um, and our Congolese. I mean, not our Congolese. Our Swahili is kind of rough. Uh, and so you, you're you in between you're in between cultures, kind of in between identities. And I feel so that, like, do you feel so that that really like a for, informed you growing up or like really um, shaped you in a way? Um. Yeah, I, I feel more so, more so as I became older and I started hanging out with people, with more African people, mm-hmm. because um, it's almost like it's it's a bit of jealousy, man, because it just feels like people have more connection to, to like their heritage, and yeah. which is so which is so weird because like you would think that like me from Africa would have a better connection, but like I almost feel like like you know like those African African Americans where like I feel no connection to Africa, mm-hmm. like I, I literally feel like this weird zone where like I'm 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 the African guy, but I'm not like. I, African enough guy. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody like, about it. And this might be one, one of the most poetic things I said ever. Kind of sad. But I remember, I remember you one, said this or you said it, someone else said this. I did. I did. This is one of my, one of my okay. bars, bars of the decade. But I remember feeling as though, like, I almost feel as though I'm the person who, like, my culture is going to die in, you know? Oh my goodness. No, but in a way, it's like that because I've sometimes wondered, and I, I, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about ourselves and, and maybe even our faith journeys, but this is this is something I think we should, it's a big part of our identity. But I remember thinking, like, I know enough about our heritage and our language and our customs, but, like, it's in my head. I know what it is. I know what it looks like. I know what it sounds like. But I also don't know enough to, like, transmit it to my children, <laughs> whoever they are. Like, unless unless I'm, I end up with someone who speaks Swahili and Kinyarwanda, my kids are almost certainly not going to speak any of these languages. Um, mm-hmm. And it's almost, it's almost like I'm, I know these things, but I don't know enough to like actually pass it down. It's almost yeah. like my kids going to not grow up with that. And it's almost like I'm the person who it's stuck inside of. It's your fault. Um, it is. <laughs> um, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it is my fault. Um, it is It is difficult to, I guess, reclaim, reclaim um, a heritage when you're not in that country. Who are you going to blame for I'm not blaming anyone. It's just an observation. Um, but but what the, where the way I want to kind of transition the conversation is, I remember I was once thinking about it. I feel as though our culture growing up was Adventism. Because <laughs> any, any anyone who doesn't know Adventism is the is the denomination uh, we grew up in, um, and yeah, it's. Uh, I don't, I don't want to describe it. I guess the, the biggest thing is that we, we, you know, we go to church on Saturday. It's a fairly conservative um, denomination, you know, a very like literal reading of the Bible, um, which is but, something. But should... However, however, as I've grown older, it seems like it seems like our branch of Adventism was like an extra, like an extra more conservative than most brands. Yeah, it's also known as like, like our, Adventism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our brand, like, like, like the, the thing is, like the thing is, like you think of like the Republican Party, you have like you have like you have like the far right. We're, we're in the Tea Party, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we were like the conservative branch of Adventism. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, like, 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 to give you a little indicator, like, and, and, and I think, I think of all of us, it's safe to say I was the one who was who was sucked into conservatism the most, like <laughs> the hardest. <laughs> Flag bearer, man. Like, yeah. like, like, I got to a point where, like, where, where, like, where, like, I thought, like, thinking about anything that wasn't God related on the Sabbath was a sin, and I, yeah. I, I like, even thinking it, I, man, I yeah. was out here, man. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I hung out with Emil so much that I guess I was a little bit <laughs> drawn into, or at least I got a first-hand seat to Emil's anguish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Seats. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I sit, I sit, and I think about like you, like watching me live my life through those days. Must be like, must be like, the heck is going on? With this guy? Like, what is actually going on in the world? Like, what is actually happening right now? Like, like, <laughs> Remember, remember that thing when I used to do that thing when tell everyone Jesus loves them. Yeah, we talked about it on a previous oh, episode. I mean, bro, 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 every bro, conversation bro, he had, he gets bro, like coffee from bro. Starbucks instead of saying thank you. Hey, no. thanks for the coffee, but Jesus loves you. I, I, I actually don't think you understand the craziest part of that. Like what, the oh, wildest part of that. The guilt that you felt if you didn't say. No, 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 no. The craziest version of me telling someone Jesus loves them. What? I don't think you actually know the story. I think my mom knows the story. I mean, she might have forgot. There was a time, every time I saw anyone, I would, I like, I would not. Was <laughs> my yeah. ambition? Jesus loves it. And then those are day I was, I was. Oh my! It's actually kind of embarrassing telling this story. All right, let's I'm go. Tell anyway. No, but but I was, I was, I was washing the dishes right? in mm-hmm. the kitchen, and like it was, you know, it was like at the house, uh, like our, our the house before the one we couldn't live in, and I was washing mm-hmm. the dishes middle of the day, and there was a guy. There was a guy I saw like. Like down the street, like down the street, walking away down the street, like like, like down the street. <laughs> this is going about his life. <laughs> no, no, like literally walking, walking away, like walking down the sidewalk. So I'm washing dishes. I put the scrubber in the sink. I get out of the house and I run. <laughs> <laughs> I run like half a block. Oh man! They tap my shoulder and say, "I just want you to know Jesus loves you." And then I turn away and I run back. <laughs> and then I turn away and just run back. <laughs> that must have been like the heck is this? Imagine you looked over his shoulder, you saw this black guy sprinting at him. <laughs> like he starts running away, and now you're chasing him. Jesus loves you. Tackle him to the ground. You're fighting against him. Hey man, Jesus loves you. And, and, and this guy, this guy, I think was Sikh. I think he was a Sikh guy. Oh, was he? Jeez. Man. Yeah. No, no, no. My mom, my, my mom saw this. My mom saw this. And you have to, you have to remember, our mom, our mom is like, our mom is like, pretty. She's actually she's not, she's not she's worried. Yeah, pretty yeah, she's yeah, yeah. And our mom saw me, and she saw me do this, and I came back. She just told me, I'm here. You don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah Emil's a meal was caught in the grips. That's the thing. I, I don't. I don't want to tie a meal's experience to Adventism because I feel that's not that's not a fair <laughs> depiction of the church. He, he was literally the only one doing this. <laughs> out of the out of the like, seventeen like, million. Like, members. No, no, no. I look back on it now, and I'm telling someone that like it's so crazy because I think I think if you looked if you looked at my life at that moment, you would say like, oh, Emil is more serious, quote unquote, about his faith. But I look back on it now and I see that I actually kind of hated God because it was not, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was so stressful. Like it was so stressful to like, like to follow Jesus. Cause like, dude, can you imagine living your life and like you're washing dishes and you feel this overwhelming sense of guilt if you don't chase down the man on the random street? 
and go touch him, show him, say, Jesus loves you. You're sinning. Like, like I literally was just, I literally hated following God at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe the way it intersects with like the, the, the faith we're brought up in and, and you say this like ultra conservative version of, of conservative Christianity is that, you know, there was a strong tilt towards like, you know, works and mm-hmm. and being righteous, like not just, you know, you know, not just like being covered by like the grace of God or, or Jesus sacrifice, but like, no, I have to be holy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like I said before, like where I think that was our main cultural influence more than our heritage or mm-hmm. a nationality like I, we were like first and foremost Adventist and that was that was the biggest um um that's kind of I guess what informed us uh more than anything and so you know kind of going going through and like a meal a meal is a special case um just chasing after people say Jesus loves you even though your conversion rate was literally zero percent I don't think <laughs> anyone came to love Jesus more because of because of you hunting oh. them down in the mall no. But but I think no, but I, but I think it wasn't more so like me converting them, rather it was like me like placating my guilt. I'm like yeah, you, I'm like sort of like an attempt. I made an attempt. Yeah, yeah. So sort of like on Judgment Day, you can't say I didn't tell you. Like things like yeah, okay. you can't say I didn't tell you, man. <laughs> <laughs> what about my Actually, messenger Emil? Why did you not eat his morning? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? You know that guy who talked to us on the road with soapy hands. <laughs> And flip flops, and then he ran away. That was my message. That was me knocking on your on your heart. <laughs> no, but 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 like I think I think honestly I think that was such a perfect example because it shows like how integral, um, not necessarily like our faith was, but even like our denomination, like the specific doctrines and theology we were raised with. And so then, for I know at least for me personally, I talked about living on that first episode, but like you know, as you grow older, and like for me just to be 100% honest, like, like I, I kind of went through a period of, um, probably late high school, early university where like a few things, a few different things happened. It was like a few, a few people who I considered like mentors, like faith mentors kind of like left my life, um, just for one reason or another. Honestly, being 100% honest, I think even like you moving away, um, because I think that was around the time Emil moved away to, to a different town because he got a job as a teacher. And so now I was kind of left like without this person who I'd kind of just always modeled my faith after. And I was, I kind of had left my own devices and a few other people um, in my life kind of, uh, uh, yeah, they, they also left. Um, and then couple that with like going to university and being exposed to these different ideas. Cause I, I went to like a Christian high school, Christian junior high. Um, obviously I grew up within the church, um, um, my entire life and then kind of going to university and being exposed to these different ideas, you know, by people who weren't Christian. I know for me, it was like being exposed to especially like evolutionary theory. That's something which had a really big impact on me because my whole life I've been taught it was like this evil science, you know, fabricated by the devil. Um, and then that which, coupled... Which it, is, which it is, which it is. Yeah, which it is. Um, well documented. Charles Darwin, the devil. Um, but <laughs> And so I know like for me, being exposed to all those different things, all those all those um, different factors coming together. I went through a period where like my, my faith kind of went, um, like I've said before, down to zero. Like I, I, mm-hmm. there was a period of my life where I just thought the Bible was a ridiculous book full of ridiculous stories written by ridiculous mm-hmm. people. And it was wild mm-hmm. that anyone would ever believe it. Um, like I was, on, I was living on my Christopher Hitchens <laughs> uh, for a while. Um, but it was interesting cause I, I still didn't have like the boldness to like say it to my parents or anything like that. So I was like still going to church and like, you know, uh, 
quite actively involved in my church, um, but I, I didn't believe. <laughs> so, which is which? Which you know, you know, it's jokes. You know, it's jokes. Have you read? Have you read? Have you read that C.S. Lewis book, um, "Surprised by Joy," his autobiography? When he talks yeah. about, he says, he says, "When I was fourteen, I did perhaps the worst thing in my life. I took my I took my communion as an atheist." <laughs> Yo, I did that for yeah. several years. <laughs> is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, you know, his whole thing is that he couldn't bring himself to tell his dad, so he's just like, he's like, I just, I, 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 I just, you said you got baptized. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, honestly, the only person I was ever like fully for me, and the thing is, it was, it was a very conflicting period for me because I know, like, like you said, this was literally my whole identity for my whole life. And it was absolutely shattered. So I know for a while, there was a time where I was trying to figure out, like, what is right and what is wrong? <laughs> like, you know, um, who am I and what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What's going to happen when I die? Um, and I think the only person I was ever uh, fully transparent with about it was Emil. Um, one time, I remember, I literally, I just straight up sent you a text because I think you, you talked to me about praying yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, man, I just want to let you know, like, I don't really pray anymore. And it's not because of like, I'm struggling with my faith or anything. I just don't believe it at all. <laughs> um, I've, I've never talked to you. Do you remember your reaction to that when you got yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's yeah. really jokes, man? Like literally my initial reaction was like, you know how they tell you, it's like when someone says this, how to be a good Christian, like loving and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's all good, bro. It's all good. He'll tell me. In the back of my mind, my thought was, Man, God, dude's going to hell. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, 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 uh, no, say no. you got another one. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, literally, bro, I was tripping. Like, no, no, I, I was like, oh my goodness, my brother's going to hell. Like, like, that was literally my thought process. I was, I was, I was like, I remember, I remember, I, I remember, I literally, I was talking to my students about the idea of like what happens, what happens when, when you, when your face changes, right? Mm-hmm. And I, was, I, I shared with them your story of like going to university and having like having to go through that like evolution of your faith. <laughs> no pun intended. But <laughs> I remember I was talking about like the evolution of your faith. And I remember I, I was like, yeah, my, my brother was going to evolution. As well as I was going out, I was talking about how like our family members sometimes relate to that change. And it's like, in my mind, I was like, dude's going to hell. Like, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, man, are you serious? My old brother's going to hell. I was just like, <laughs> I was actually convinced. I was like, <laughs> I was praying hard for that man. So I remember, oh, I was man. like, I, I, I never, I never got the point of fasting, which, which, which maybe shows. It says a lot about uh, you. God, I'm not worth <laughs> yeah, fasting. Yeah. Not worth skipping yeah. breakfast for it. These gains. <laughs> These gains. <laughs> Can't sacrifice yeah. the gains. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 But I remember. I remember. I remember. Like it was like I thought of like me being compassionate and not trying to force stuff on you. Yeah. But like I was, I was actually scared for you, man. I was just like, oh no. Yeah, I'm about to spend the next fifty years watching this guy go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's like it's like it's like Lord, just take him now, take yeah. him now. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, sorry about that. Another quick jump cut. Uh, a lot of technical difficulties this episode. <laughs> the devil, the devil doesn't want us to win. He doesn't want us to share our story. But uh, <laughs> you, you know, um, you know that thing in church when, like, when you have the technical difficulties, and then and then they start singing a song while they try to get the victory working. Yeah. Um, yeah. That also might be a feature unique to uh, African Adventism. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I remember, dude. Let me tell you something funny. This week I was having technical difficulties on my projector, and like I was, I was having a hard time making it work. And I told the students, "Don't you guys do that thing in church where you just start seeing?" And all the kids were like, "What? What are you talking about?" I was like, 
I, I, I said this one Hispanic kid was like, yeah, we know that. Yeah. He started singing. <laughs> no dead air, man. No dead air. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like all the white kids are like, you, technical difficult. Technical difficult. <laughs> <It's like>, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> we have high speed internet. <laughs> no, but uh, what was I saying? I think, um, I think, yeah. So for, to kind of go into the, the creation of the podcast and how we got the idea for it, I think we talked about it before, the, yeah. um, you know, the conversation in the basement, but I think maybe to give you a little more insight to the listeners of that, um, I know, I, I know I'm, I'm talking more about myself personally, but w- even when we had that conversation in the basement, that was like. Um, like I said before, there was a time I actually went to uh, visit a meal with a friend of mine. Um, we went to his house and then we ended up having lunch at his place with like him and a friend of his. And so there was like four of us and we just kind of we, yeah. we had this long conversation. Um, and a lot of it was just about faith and our different thoughts about faith. And the thing is, like in that period, like when like when we had that conversation, I, 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 if I remember correctly, I was like in a period of active atheism. In terms of in, in my own mind, like I didn't I didn't really believe in God, or the Bible or anything like that. Um, like I said, I wasn't super open with people about it. Like I really only shared it with a meal. Um, mm-hmm. And so the way that manifested itself is I was very much that guy who we talked about in last week's episode, who was like the what if guy, you know, the guy who asked questions forever is always trying to poke holes in in people's beliefs. Um, like if anyone ever had a conversation with me one on one during that time, that's that was like a, a big part of that was the energy I was on. Um, <laughs> and so. And so when we had that conversation in the basement, um, I know for me, a lot of it was just kind of me trying to poke holes in my faith or in our faith. And it was obviously it was joking and I wasn't really overt about it, but that was, that was the, that was the way my brain was, was oriented at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting because, because out of that, I'm not saying I necessarily was the catalyst for the conversation we had. But we, but it was it was interesting because we were able to have such um, an open conversation that particular evening, um, mm-hmm. talking about things which maybe like which would never get addressed in, in inside of a, inside of a church, and and some of the things you said are pretty flagrant, kind of crazy, kind of wild, kind of out there, kind of like this podcast a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was also it was also. Um, there's also something really attractive about it, you know, mm-hmm. about, about being able to have that kind of a flexible conversation. I don't know. Was that, was that your, do you remember that conversation like clearly or no? I just remember a few things. I remember, I remember, I sort of just remember the vibe and stuff. I don't remember like the the stuff we actually said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, I think for me, I'm not going to say that was necessarily the, the catalyst for me trying to like stick you know, coming back to faith. And I'd say that's where I am now. Like I, I, I believe I have a faith now and not believe I have faith. I do have a faith now. Um, but it was definitely that kind of thinking of, of like we talked about last week of being able to be flexible in your faith, but then also yeah. having strength. Cause I think that's like, like maybe I had a conversation with someone actually like just yesterday about it where I don't know if it was necessarily I'd left, I'd left, I'd walked away from my faith or more or less walked away from Adventism but at, at that mm. time, I couldn't really see the demarcation between those two things. For me, those were yeah. one and the same. 
And so, uh, uh, so for me, that was the period of like maximum flexibility. You know, I was down for anything. <laughs> I was I was asking all sorts of questions. And then what followed up is like a period of like, okay, now that I've poked all these all these holes in my faith, what does it look like actually filling them? What does it look like actually um, building something with a little bit of strength to it? Um, yeah. And now. And and that's that's partly what this podcast is 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 us having those conversations, us kind of filling those out. Um, and I know after that conversation was kind of a, in a way in a way our very first episode of Basement Full of Heretics. Um, I remember a few weeks after that is when I met I I, I texted Emil about like, hey, would you want to start this podcast thing? He thought it was one of these days. One of these days we got to try to do an original. The original, cast. the original cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> man, it might be hard to capture that same energy on mic, but we could try. I think it'd be it'd yeah. be worth it. Um. Yeah, I think I, I think the, the the four of us would actually be a, a really good mix, um, but um, yeah, yeah, that was kind of the birth <laughs> of Basement Full of Heretics, and um, two years of failed attempts later, <laughs> all we needed was a pandemic to really uh, <laughs> it was a secret ingredient. <laughs> people like people people like oh man, how come it's like you guys used to have that podcast? How come you guys don't record it anymore? We got the vaccine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm still trying to find my toes. It's like, what? <laughs> nah, nah. We we we're, we're very pro-vax on this on this podcast. Um, just don't give it to me. Um, but no, I'm kidding. We, we, we love the vaccine. It's like it's like I support all, the vaccine. All, all four of them. It's like it's like I support the vaccine on other people. Yeah, my feelings about vaccines are the same about sleeve tattoos. Looks great on other people. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> like I said, we have no sponsors. There's no one. <laughs> there's no advertisers oh, that can cancel oh, us. The, we are accountable to the, no the, one except yeah, the Apple the, algorithm. The day, the day, the day, the day episode starts. This episode is brought to you by AstraZeneca. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm waiting for the AstraZeneca bag, man. That's substantial. Um, yeah, man. But yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think, I think we can wrap up. I, the The goal for this episode is just kind of give give people a little more of a peek into who we are, and I think we really only scratched the surface. And over the time, as we have episodes, and as Emil brings up references that <laughs> that no one knows except for the two of us, <laughs> and we're forced to explain them, um, you know, people will probably hear more about our failed. Our failed soccer dreams, um, my aspirations my, uh, to be an architect, and me my, wanting to be a businessman. My <laughs> foray, my foray, my foray into ultra conservative advertising. Emil's foray into ultra conservative advertism. My no. my flirtation with conspiracy theories. <laughs> there was, you know, I, I was like, I was actually, I was actually talking about, I was actually talking about this with someone. Side note, um, there was a point in my life where, uh, like, this may sound strange to many listeners. But that was a point in my life where I really wanted a Lincoln Navigator. That was like that was like yeah. the thing I wanted in my life. Just and what's actually jokes? Dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Discount yeah. Cadillac. Discount <laughs> now extra. I've made it. <laughs> no, no, but but there was but there was um, I was looking out. I was looking into it like last year, and it's actually so jokes because the the time the time I was into Lincoln Navigators, Link, I mean uh, Lincoln had actually actively done a campaign to reach out to more black to more black drivers. I'm telling you, man, this is a Dr. Seuss business. This is subconscious. You don't think about it, but it's affecting you. 
Yeah, apparently at that time, at that time, a lot of their ads were 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 actually targeted to black drivers. And they got you, man. That's actually that's actually kind of scary to think about that. Yeah. How effective advertising is. Um, this 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 segment was brought to you by <laughs> Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> one shot to save your life. <laughs> one one shot at the sixty four percent chance of saving your life. <laughs> one shot that'll help you fight the virus. You're still gonna get it, but it'll help you. <laughs> Oh, we're kidding. Um, uh, what is it? But uh, but yeah, I think um, that's that's just a little bit of who we are. And like I said, people are gonna get to know us better as we continue to make the podcast. As we approach uh, the tenth episode, is kind of a big marker for us, like Emil said. And we do have big things planned for that. Hopefully, another special guest spot. Um, we're gonna see if we can make that happen. Um, but yeah, we just want to thank everyone for for being with us so far on this journey. Um, hopefully, sharing the podcast. Uh, you know, letting your friends know about it. Um, letting us know your thoughts about the show, things you want to see change, like like you saw with the poll and the headline section. Good chance we won't change them, but you know we like to know. <laughs> we like to know what you're thinking. <laughs> it's more for you than us, uh, but <laughs> it's like uh, it's like it's like it's like would you like get rid of the section? 100 percent of the people vote yes. <laughs> it's actually still like... there next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we just want to say thank you to everyone. Um, yeah, I think that's all for this week. Kind of a bit of a marathon episode, a few technical difficulties, but we're here. Uh, Neil, you want to say goodbye to everyone? Yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Nine episodes in, uh, hopefully nine more. Nine more. And never forget, people, because we drop in more tune for your end top. <laughs> Smash the like button. Smash the subscribe. Smash the follow. Because we moving mad in the basement. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You, 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 you're a, you're a rapper. You're a rapper, right? Yeah, sort of. Uh, if I, if I give you a beat, will you freestyle for the people before okay, before go. we go? Okay. Okay. Let me, let me pull up a beat. No, you have to beatbox, man. Dude, I can't beatbox. Okay, bro. If I'm about to okay. about to put lay it all out there for okay. the people. Okay. Ready? Ready? People can't even hear you, man. Your mic's so bad. Beatbox louder. Whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. on the mic. Uh, 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 uh. My name's Mokezi and I'm here to say.